Welcome, friends. This is James Corbett, CorbettReport.com, and it's the 27th of April, 2014. Today, we're joined on the line from Kyoto here in Japan by Eileen Miyoko-Smith of Green Action Japan, and that is at greenaction-japan.org. Eileen uh, Miyoko-Smith, it's great to have you here on the program. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. Well, it is your first time on the program. Perhaps you can tell us a little bit about yourself and Green Action Japan. Okay. Um, my name is Eileen Miyoko-Smith. Uh, I was born in Tokyo. Um, my first experience with environmental issues was photographing uh, mercury pollution victims in Minamata when I was in my early 20s. And that changed me into an environmentalist and later an activist. Uh, I started Green Action in 1991. Uh, and our main work is work, working to stop nuclear power plants in Japan and working to stop the use of plutonium by Japan. So how and why did you get into the nuclear issue specifically? Well, uh, when the Three Mile Island accident occurred in 1979, um, some colleagues I knew went uh, to the Three Mile Island area and found out that a lot of things that weren't reported by the Japan by the U.S. government or by media was happening to the people in the area, and subsequently I went there with uh, that colleague, and we lived there for a year and interviewed uh, people around the Three Mile Island area about their experiences before and after the accident. That got me started because everybody at Three Mile Island uh, said. Uh, when they found out how many nuclear power plants were around Kyoto, don't go back there. You should stay in this area. It's much safer. That Yeah, that must have been quite a wake-up call at the time. And of course, for people who, who don't know, people who are watching or listening to this from around the world, of course, most people are familiar with the uh, Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant that has six nuclear reactors, three of which melted down. But of course, there are uh, 54 nuclear reactors scattered all throughout Japan. Let's talk a little bit about the nuclear in energy industry here in Japan. Um, it's a bit of its history and where exactly it's located. Well, uh, nuclear power started in 1970 um, on the, the Japan Sea coast, also called the China Sea, in Fukui Prefecture. And uh, since then, um, you know, 54 nuclear power plants were built. And uh, right now, the issue is, of course, trying to stop the 50 that may be restarted. Uh, nuclear power plants are located from the northern end of Japan to the southern end. There's been an active movement um, throughout from even the mid-60s uh, to try to stop uh, builds of nuclear power plants. And also even after that it was built to try to address safety issues. And there will be a lot more nuclear power plants in Japan had not this effort been undertaken. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about those successes. Uh, have there been any power plants that have specifically been stopped because of this movement? There have been many power plants that have been stopped. I mean, we would have maybe upwards to 75, 80 nuclear power plants in Japan had not uh, this effort been made. Um, there are nuclear power plants in Niigata, uh, the whole area of Wakayama, which would have then encircled the central Japan Kansai area with nuclear power plants. Those were stopped. Um, people were stopping um, the plant down in um, Kaminoseki area, which is uh, near Hiroshima. They were uh, relentless. They, they were decades of efforts. And just when the 
um, first construction was about to start where they were going to fill in the bay uh, with rocks. And that had just begun when 311 happened. And so without that effort, that plant would have already been built. We would not be able to have a discussion in Japan about phasing out of nuclear power right away had this effort not been made. But because of the effort, we now have zero nuclear power plants operating, but we're okay. We have enough electricity. Yeah, well, let's let's address that issue then. So for people who don't know, in the wake of Fukushima, all of the nuclear reactors in Japan have been taken offline for, for scheduled maintenance, and none of them have been brought back online yet at this time. Uh, let's talk about that issue. Right now, Japan is nuclear-free and is managing to survive somehow or other, despite the nuclear energy industry's propaganda. Uh, let's talk about that and what the Japanese government would like to have happen from here. Well... Um, because uh, we were able to hold down um, the dependence on nuclear power to 25%, actually, if you include independent producers, therefore, we, and we had, there was a lot of extra capacity. So even if all the nuclear power plants have been stopped, uh, we're okay. However, the Abe government wants to restart nuclear power. The former democratic government uh, had it, we, there was a great debate that occurred during that time, and the majority of the public um, stated uh, that clearly it wanted to phase out nuclear power, but the current government wants to restart, and there's this big, big push to restart. Currently, there are uh, 17 reactors that have, um, it will, eight utilities have applied for restart of 17 reactors, and the nuclear regulation authority is reviewing um, these reactors to see if they meet new Fukushima, post-Fukushima regulations. Do we have a time frame for when these might be being brought back online? Well, the government wanted uh, the restart to occur uh, by the summer, um, during the peak period when air conditioning is on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now it does look impossible. Um, they have uh, targeted, you know, several nuclear power plants as sort of priority, especially um, ones in Sendai, which is in Kyushu. And they were trying to restart that over the summer. But now um, there's various issues. Uh, one is that there's a volcano nearby. And experts have now stated that that's a big concern. Uh, also, evacuation plans aren't in place. And that's now being raised as a concern. So I think it's going to be impossible to start this summer. It's quite amazing that even given those risks, the Japanese government is still eager to bring that uh, particular power plant back online. And that, I guess, must show sort of the overall, sta uh, the, the overall position of the Abe government towards nuclear power and the risks uh, attendant thereon. It seems like it's quite a careless policy. Um, and one of the most amazing things is that Abe's wife is apparently against nuclear energy. <laughs> how does that how does that play into this mix? Well, I wish she could convince him, because uh, the basic energy plan that was passed um, in April uh, this month uh, is actually terrible. It's 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 sort of uh, you know revisional. It's history it's it it talks about how nuclear power is an important um base load uh source of power and it talks about how it's economic and it talks about how it's energy efficient etc cetera, etc cetera, which are all contrary to the current facts 
but based on that is is this big push to restart the nuclear power. The big problem is, of course, there are all these the 50 potential reactors for restart. Um, the investment has been made. They're there. The fleet is quite old. But uh, they don't want to um, have a lot of stranded costs, so that's why they want to, you know, bring them up again and run them. Let's talk about the uh, the anti nuclear movement in Japan. Then, as you say, that it, ha- it has been responsible for successes in in holding back the tide of nuclear power on on Japan's shores, but uh, but perhaps not completely successful. And although there was a significant movement in the wake of Fukushima to uh, to bring bring these reactors offline and keep them there. Again, as you say, the Abe government has just released a basic energy policy that includes nuclear power, um, a 180-degree turn from the last government, which was talking about getting rid of nuclear power. Um, has this disheartened the nuclear, the anti-nuclear movement? Um, what, what's happening on the ground now in, in terms of uh, pro- protest against this? Right. Well, no, it hasn't disheartened the anti-nuclear movement at all because, I mean, throughout these decades, uh, we've been working completely kind of uphill. And uh, But now it's really different because after the Fukushima Daiichi accident, the public is aware about the problems of nuclear power. And um, they are vocal to some extent. You know, the, the polls still say that the majority of the people don't want um, uh, nuclear power. They want it phased out and they don't want restart. So we have a lot on our side. Um, so we're quite energized, actually. Um, but it's a it's an uphill battle. It's always like um, you peer to lose, but you actually make some wins. Um, the Japanese government is, for example, trying to underestimate the effects of earthquakes again at nuclear power plants. And um, although, for example, we had a big loss in that there was a reinvestigation opened for the OE plant, which is a second, it's a a reactor belonging to the second largest nuclear power plant in Japan, uh, Kansai Electric. Well, finally, the government said that this fault is not active, there's no problem. But uh, we pushed them enough that they, the government has had to say that there are faults around the plant and you have to think about them connecting with each other. And if they do connect, then the OE plant will shake a lot more. And so now Kansai Electric has been forced to, to refurbish, to make the reactor stronger to earthquakes and it's costing them a lot of money. So it's it's always this, you appear to lose, but you make some wins. And that's an example. Um, evacuation is another example. Um, the Japanese government is saying, oh, the evacuation plans are in place um, at the reactor that's first slated to restart in Kyushu, the Sendai plant. And yet when explanation meetings are held, the public goes, wait a second, <laughs> this is not an evacuation plan that will assure the safety of citizens. And there's this big uproar now starting. So, you know, we're, 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 we just, what we are trying to do is prevent a second Fukushima. And at this point in time, I don't think we can, but, um, but the fight is good. And uh, I think that we may be able to. Well, that's a sober assessment, but but a fair one, I think. Um, and it is, of course, the case that the nuclear energy industry has billions of dollars at its b- disposal to uh, to propagate its propaganda. But uh, the the anti nuclear movement is grassroots and, and locally organized, so it is an uphill battle. Um, can you can you speak to the uh, the the nature of the anti nuclear movement here and the the types of organizations that are behind it? 
Well, it's grassroots from the northern end to the southern end of Japan. Uh, it's basically just regular citizens. Um, a lot of people are are local uh, farmers and fisher folk, uh, and then citizens in cities. Uh, and the great thing about the anti nuclear movement is in Japan, you know, everything is so male dominated. Whereas the anti nuclear movement, it's 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 a it's a really healthy mixture. And so it's this healthy mixture of fighting a virtually totally male <laughs> uh, anti uh, pro nuclear movement of uh, the government and the utilities. That um, is interesting because, as I understand, the anti nuclear uh, weapons movement here in Japan actually really began with a uh, a group of housewives in Tokyo back in the nineteen fifties, I believe, um, that was instrumental in starting that uh, back in the that time so perhaps it's always been female oriented which oh is... it's amazing it's amazing i've seen um situations where the the head of the the local authorities uh, actually had a party because they thought they would win uh, a referendum vote because uh all their 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 wives and daughters so many of them said yes they would vote you know according to what the father or husband would would do and yet uh when the poll results showed that um, actually a huge majority of the women voted against this new nuclear program. And so basically it's sort of like this underground guerrilla movement of women. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure there were a lot of grandmothers that convinced their son to drive them to the polls. So, <laughs> but, you know, they didn't vote the way they said they would. And now we have Abe's wife uh, potentially wanting to vote against his own policies. Um, well, okay, very interesting stuff, but where do we go from here? What's the next stage in this fight, and uh, and what do you think can be the next success in the, in this 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 uh, battle? Well, I think there are two big issues. One is uh, whether the Japanese government is going to get away with uh, underestimating the effects of earthquakes uh, and nuclear power plants again. And the other is these evacuation plans. Uh, the evacuation plans uh, uh, issue is quite important because now post Fukushima, uh, all people within a 30 kilometer uh, area radius have to be ready to evacuate. Um, and the local authorities have to have a plan to evacuate everybody from that area. That's millions of people potentially that, that have you know, have to have this plan. That means that uh, cities and towns outside of the 30 kilometer area have to take these people in, you know, as far as like 100 kilometers away. So that means a huge population and a lot of mayors are now involved and governors. Uh, and they're realizing that, hey, why do we have to deal with this issue when we have no say in, in starting or, or, or stopping nuclear power? So more and more, um, these mayors and governors are starting to say they should have a say in this. That's potentially a really important issue. It's a democracy issue about the fact that if you're going to be potentially affected, you should have a say in that program. So that's brewing like crazy right now in Japan. And the media, who doesn't, which doesn't report on issues very much, though, has had had some initiative in, in undertaking questionnaires, 
about this issue and finding out that evacuation plans aren't in place and, and quoting um, heads of local authorities about it. So there's a lot of potential. Uh, also, the uh, mayors uh, for phasing out nuclear power, it's a network uh, of mayors throughout Japan. They have also undertaken questionnaires uh, about evacuation and are finding out that the evacuation plans are in place. You cannot protect the people um, if a serious accident were to occur. Well, we have listeners and viewers in Japan, but the majority of them uh, tend to be all throughout the world. And uh, a lot of them are concerned about the, the radiation from Fukushima and what's happened there at Fukushima. And I think the, the realization is growing for people around the world that this is not just a Japanese issue. This is a, a global issue talking about the reactor restarts. So if there are people in the listening audience around the world who are concerned about this issue, how can they support the anti-nuclear movement here in Japan? Well, one thing you can do is um, tell the closest uh, Japanese embassy or consulate or call them up um, and tell them, you know, that international citizens, um, citizens abroad, do not want a fu second Fukushima from starting, from occurring. And uh, that uh, they're very concerned about the current situation at Fukushima. And that... Uh, this is not just a Japanese domestic issue that that people abroad will be affected and that it looks as though the Japanese government is yet again underestimating the earthquake potential dangers uh, for nuclear power and don't do it. And um, I, if, if, if embassies all over the world and consulates get these calls, it would be very helpful for us here in Japan. It's, it would be great support for us. And how about support of organizations like Green Action Japan? Is there any way that people can, can support your work? Uh, yes, you can go online. Uh, just put it, plug in Green Action Japan and you will get us. And there's a donation button. Um, there's ways of volunteering, although that might be difficult from abroad. But we are looking for bilingual people because there's a huge translation job to be done. Uh, there's lots of good work happening in Japan, but it's hard to get the information out. Also, there's very good research being done abroad, and we want that used in Japan, and that's not happening. So if you know of or if you are uh, bilingual, uh, we want top-level bilingual people, uh, and we're asking for volunteers. You can do it whenever you feel like it, you know, once a month, uh, once a year. Uh, that would be very helpful. So please come to our site. Excellent. All right. And of course, the site will be linked up in the show notes for this interview for people who are interested. So Eileen Miyoko-Smith, it is an uphill battle, as you say, but it is still being waged. So we will uh, hopefully get an update from you um, at, at a certain point later on when we, uh, we know more about the reactor restarts and how they're coming along. So thank you very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. Thank you.